Hi, this is Maggie Vanoni, sports reporter at the Daily Emerald, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Sean Meadow. Joining me today is Jack Butler. Hello. And Austin Craycraft. Yo. Ryan Wynn, producing, I believe editing this as well. We'll see. Emerald Podcast Network, it's Emerald FC on June 2nd, 2019, the day after a big day, the Champions League final. The That's best what day. we're the best day for Austin Craycraft and Liverpool. The it Elephant is, Ear Trophy is coming home six yeah. times, most across all clubs. So, you know, in England. In England. 13. What? What is, no, what is Real Madrid at? 11, 13, something in that range. A lot. I don't know. And then like AC Milan. seven. We, we just passed. Bayern, I think, and Barca are the two. That yeah. Or at five. So Already well ahead of the rest of the English clubs. Um, so let's just get 13. right into it. Real has 13, 13. Milan has seven. Liverpool has six. Wow. Not bad. What does Bayern have? Five then? Five. Were they tied with them? Okay, yeah. cool. They were tied until yesterday. Cool. I should have known that uh, coming into this. But we promise we've done our research. We watch these games. We're going to talk Europa League toward the end of the podcast as well. But first, Liverpool, six-time champions now of the Champions League. The game started off with a controversial moment. A handball called on Musa Sissoko on a cross from Sadio Mane. It comes off of his underside of maybe his like right armpit area. Armpit yeah. area. And it hits into his hand. I think it ricochets twice. I want to say yeah, maybe so three it, times. It, it hits like the underside of his like upper arm into his upper arm, and then lower into his forearm as he's trying to like kind of re- redact his arm, yeah. so to say. But um, it was called a penalty on the field, and with VAR as part still, of this, it yeah. confirms penalty. And uh, Sean, you've been on. You've kind of been on it that like if this was not called a penalty on the field and we went to VAR, you don't think it would still. Well, this is what I said immediately yeah, during yeah, the game. Yeah was it's called a penalty in this game. And this is one of the things about VAR that's going to take some time for a lot of fans to get used to. And it's that the word's clear and obvious. If this was a clear and obvious error by the official on in, this, in the center of the field, the head official, and it also ultimately comes down to that referee's decision if it is a penalty or not, or if that call is a red card or whatever it may be. That comes down to that referee. So he believes it's a penalty, VAR can say there's no clear and obvious error, like, this is up to you. He he can say that is a penalty still. So this is, what, the second fastest goal in Champions League Correct. finals. Behind um, Milan in 05. Which ended up becoming a Liverpool win. Yes. The comeback, 3-0 down, 3-3 win in penalties. Best final of all time, probably. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, just two things on this. Um, I think that this is something we're going to start seeing just a ton because VAR in the Premier League next year, it's just going to be almost unbearable with all the... English commentators going on their high horses and saying, oh, back in my day, this wasn't a foul or this wasn't a penalty. And then second of all, if you disagree with the call, I think that like you couldn't have had more time to make up for a bad call than Spurs did. You know, like they had a whole they had 88, 88 minutes, 88 minutes. to. Oh, yeah. Most of scored the penalty, by the way. So what we needed in that moment was the Mike Pereira of. Dr. Jones, Dr. Joe Macknick uh, yeah. from, from Fox. Yeah. They know what to do. They yeah, would they, have had him, I guarantee, if this game was on Fox, yeah, which is a have. whole different story. Well. TNT had the English commentary for the first half. We were watching at a bar, so we didn't actually notice this as much as other people at home. No. 
But the TNT broadcast had the BT Sport commentary from England for the first half. There were glitches, and fans who were able to stream it on YouTube with BT Sport were having problems with the, the stream, and so was TNT. So they ended up at halftime switching commentary to the uh, to the world feed, which apparently, I mean, we kind of noticed the lack of enthusiasm as Liverpool won it. Yeah, from like the there were a couple times where I like just everyone stopped talking for a minute and like I just heard the commentators and I'm like, wow, that was not intelligent. <laughs> yeah, like how is Martin Tyler not on the, the world call? I don't know. Or someone, Derek Ray, someone good yeah. calling it. I mean, there's no shortage of options, that's for sure. Absolutely. But anyway, total well, different. We did need an explanation. I mean, we like like I said, we couldn't necessarily hear all of it, but it seemed like a, a third party explanation would have been uh, actually kind of useful in this scenario, especially for people who don't really know all the rules. And it seems like the rules are pretty actually vague at times. I mean, and, the, re- the, re- and the refs have a tough time interpreting the rules. Just yeah. Like they're very What's vague. the wording of the new thing? Natural silhouette or something? Yeah, I think something. That's not natural silhouette because it's like, no. that's, that's I mean, extended I, the, arm. The, he also just, I don't know why he was pointing that way. So, like, Yeah, so BT Sport had their, their guy, Peter Walton, it's apparently the Mike Pereira of BT Sport. Ooh. And he is quoted uh, here as saying, Sissoko's arm is so pronounced it's unbelievable. And when you see the ball coming across like that, yes, it may hit his chest, but his arm actually comes down towards the ball as well. That gives the referee, Skomina, no option whatsoever but to award a penalty kick. Yeah. Uh, Peter Walton is their guy? Jeez, man. Yeah. That's he's a, a he's that's a, a referee he's a former legend. Former Premier League referee yeah. Peter Walton now works as BT as a BT Sport pundit. Jeez, huh. I didn't know. That's Sorry. cool. I know Clattenburg's done a couple of them. Uh, retired refs. I guess that's a a future gig for them now with VAR coming into the Premier League and a Premier League hero who was a surprise addition to the starting lineup for Spurs. Was this the right decision in hindsight? Harry Kane getting the nod after being out for, I think you could say months now yeah i mean it's just kind of crazy that you have a guy in lucas Moura who scores a left-footed hat trick in the semifinal to advance you and he doesn't even get a starting nod i mean i understand like the whole reason behind it but it's just like it's very unusual yeah i guess how fit was harry kane i mean yeah and on the other side roberto firmino wasn't his full fit either so like it was kind of each side firmino came out after what 60 minutes or so but Liverpool's winning that game at that point. And that, that was kind of something we discussed in the preview was if Harry Kane were to start, you have do you have 90 minutes out of him? Yeah. I guess they did. Well. Sort of. There were people who thought that maybe, hey, you take out him instead of uh, Dele when they took him out. Yeah, Dele started having a decent second half, I thought. Yeah, I, he had that I, I shot that got we, every... We all thought was going in. The camera angle, man. <laughs> yeah, but it was like... Couldn't have been an easier ball. Yeah, Alisson moves for like half a second, and it looks like he's diving to the corner to try and save, but he just goes straight up and catches it. <laughs> that was incredible. I mean, that that moment, everyone thinking this ball's going in the top corner, we're about to see an equalizer, but it was it, it was just just a dink. It just felt like every time Harry Kane had a ball that to try and win, Van Dyke or Matip, they just, were so good. Yeah, they just they both they they just sort of. You know, put their body into him and headed it away or kicked it away, and it just didn't seem like he could really even yeah. just a masterclass down. performance from Virgil Van Dyke. Yeah, the, I mean, the he dribble had... from Youngman's son that yeah. he poked away mm-hmm. after getting beat on the sprint. Yeah, he then tracked back. That's fantastic for for the size that he is to get back and make that play on a player like Youngman's son when he gets going. Right, he's one of the fastest breakaway players in, in, in terms in of the like sport. in terms of man of the match. Like those are the 
him, Virgil, and Alisson are the two that have like really been mentioned in terms of like the best players in that match. Because there wasn't enough offense for a Liverpool. I think attacker. that that was a that was a goal saving tackle because I don't think Alisson saves a one on one with. I mean, Son had chances, but like you never really know. But Sonny was the most one, dangerous scorer, I think. Like he 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 didn't have his normal finishing, but like he, he got two or three really good chances. He had the other one in the twentieth minute where Alexander Arnold had to cut it out at the very last minute, yeah. um, which was excellent as well. And so yeah, he he was he was kind of the most impressive spur I think on the night which I guess kind of wraps up the season really well because I think he was I don't know if he was the best spur but he was the most surprising and the most um he could really change the match more than any other one could I'm curious to think if this lineup from Spurs was just too conservative in a sense and the way that they played maybe maybe not the players on the field being conservatively picked but I think the way that they they played even when they knew just down a goal needing one I think they needed to come a little more fiery in that first half. I I I think they should have, like, I I don't know. I just felt like they should have, um, yeah, taken a little more risk. It seemed like sometimes they, while they had the ball in the final third, I I wanted sometimes a little more. Uh, you know, even I understand you want to work for a better shot, but sometimes it seems like they had some some opportunities to take some shots, and they kind of either kept dribbling. Or you know, passed it back, and they did actually. You know, they did kind of control a lot of that, especially that second half. Uh, and it seemed like for for kind of a 10, 15 minute period that that they could really tie it up, and and ultimately, uh, you know, Van Dyke and Alisson and Matip had a phenomenal game, so they didn't. But like eight, you know, eight shots on goal compared to Liverpool's three. Yeah, it well, was. Some of them were not chances that would go in. Some of them were fairly easy saves. But at the same time, like, you know, I, I, I want to say Lucas kind of scuffed a shot there where he had one in front and it kind of yeah. went straight to Alisson. I mean, there were a couple that Spurs just couldn't capitalize on. Well, so, I mean, I feel like I've been kind of level-headed, but now I'm just going to turn into a fan. Like, I think this is – I think – Spurs weren't so much conservative as this. This is just what Liverpool does to you this year. Like, and that is true. They is they true. just like it's it's they, what everyone's saying. The Ita- they're they're playing like an Italian. Yes, team. yeah. Like, th- this is the first team. The stat was um, this is the first team since uh, Inter Milan 2010 to win a Champions League final without a possession advantage, and that was a Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho. This is the f- Jose Mourinho. This was also the uh, the fewest passes Liverpool has completed in, in an entire game. So they they really. And that 2010 Inter Milan team was insanely good. They won a treble that year, just yeah. just to add to that. And this was an insanely good Liverpool team yes. that in any other Premier League season is the t- champions of England and champions Have of England. Have you watched that like masterclass thing of Jose Mourinho talking about the Barcelona semifinal? No. semifinal? No. I, I need to, though. Yeah, where where do good. I watch I just this? watched it on YouTube. I don't, okay. I don't know. Is I, it like a BN Sports thing? Because he's been doing a lot of punditry there. I don't know. It was He had like the... They had all the pieces. Like there was a soccer pitch in front of him, and he had, they had little pieces, and he could move nice. them around. Like the war, like, like the war room at uh, Dragonstone yeah, in Game exactly, of Thrones. Exactly. Oh um, gosh, you can listen to the Game of Thrones podcast yeah. on the Emerald Podcast Network. Um, <laughs> except it's done now because the season's done and the series, the series is, done. is done. Anyway, um, season done now. But Liverpool, this this game reminded me a little of 05 in a sense because of, and I'm gonna get to it. Yeah, the way but. that, or like. Liverpool did. Okay, okay, I'm just hear me out. Liverpool going up early, the way that 
they went down early. Tottenham didn't do what Liverpool did in that 05 game, which was attack. And Liverpool paid for it. They let up a couple goals because of committing forward. But then they came back eventually in the second half, which is what Tottenham nearly did themselves in this game. They were about... But they just didn't have as much time. They were about a foot from Danny Rose drawing a penalty kick. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. That's understated. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big big moment that I think... I mean, Erickson's free kick was really nice, and Alisson had a fantastic save, and it was more reason why Alisson might very well should have been or is man of the match. I mean, but... Yeah. Uh, And, I mean, the the thing about the Alisson man of the match case is that he didn't face a shot on goal until the 73rd minute. Like, that's how long it took them to get an actual shot on goal. So... I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. There's just a lack of urgency. Yeah, I, and that's something that Liverpool in 05 had, and they paid for it when they let up two more goals. But then here, Tottenham, they were too conservative. They had four in the back when they needed a goal. Well, yeah, because there's 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 really no difference in losing two zero or four zero in this game. So you gotta kind of just go all out. I know they were but only they down didn't. one goal for most of the game until that Origi goal, which just yeah. spectacular finish. Well, and I did kind of feel it for a second because like it, yeah, it became like the 68th minute or something, and I remember just being like. Holy crap! It's the 68th minute. Wake up! And, like, and then they did start. To and then wake they up. did, and 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 then their possession turned into more, uh, you know, aggression. But yeah, I, I there was a moment where it kind of just approached the 70th minute, and I was like, w- "This doesn't you know, like?" In my head, I was like, "Oh my god, we're only like 20 minutes from this game." <laughs> I know, <laughs> like, like it didn't it didn't necessarily it even snuck up on me. I mean, and and the reason that. Uh, Tottenham just couldn't do anything is because they don't really have a midfield. Like Harry Winks could be fine, but he's not like good enough to to control a game at this moment in his career. Sissoko, do you need a bigger name, like a player who's had experience on a bigger stage, like maybe Eric Dyer? Well, no, I I think they like, need a player like, that's not on the Dyer, team currently. Didn't Dyer, Dyer came he in came and he out. had the horrible clearance that yeah he had sort of like, eventually fell the half. He header. also hadn't played much at all. Yeah, time. yeah. Like, yeah. No, I mean th- that's been their issue all year long. Like their defense has. Like made up for so many of their flaws in midfield in terms of Vertonghen and Alderweireld, and just kind of moments of brilliance up top. So like it kind of shaded it, and that's how really Tottenham got here. But if you're gonna look at it in terms of looking at the future, it's time for Daniel Levy to step up and spend money, and it has to be on a midfielder, I think, to begin. Yeah, this is a must get for because the, Spurs. They shouldn't. They shouldn't have finished fourth. I think they were. In terms of expend, expected point differential, in terms of like how good their chances were, I think they were like eighth or sixth in the Premier League, not fourth. So they shouldn't have been there. Well, everyone behind them was just just crummy towards the end of the season. No, I know, but as they were, and then they they just got really lucky in the Champions League and scored goals when they needed to. In terms of the Ajax late goal, Raheem's goal being disallowed, and that Lorente scoring just exactly a deflection, exactly. So. I mean, th- this team had an excellent season, and like it's crazy that they even got this far. And it's it's um, it's certainly a success and a great season by Pochettino. But the future is going to be tougher, I think. It will be, and so that future. What does that mean for Mauricio Pochettino? He doesn't have that Man United job that he was linked with when Jose was Not going yet. out. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, couple, I don't know. A couple does, months into next year, does he end <laughs> up? Different. Does he end up abroad? Does he leave England? Has he done what he can for this club? Go, go join Musa in China. <laughs> no, he's fun. too good for that. I but. think he's too good for that right now. But um, I mean, yeah, it depends. What I don't know. Like what jobs will what? be open. There's and, a lot of openings. Yeah, I 
Does See, he ever end up at Barcelona? Like, the, I don't think so. Like, I don't think he. Well, played. Valverde. But Valverde, yeah, right. Yeah, no. Like, he he's, he he has to be on a short leash too. He's gone, I think, or he's expected no, they, to be they, gone. They said he. They're gonna. Maybe, I don't know. I, I, I no saw idea. a rumor that said he's supposed to stay. I don't you read know anything means. now these t- this these months because there's just so many rumors that you end up mixing up with what's no. I know what's true like, for me at least. Anytime a big jo- a big job opens up at this point, Bochettino's gonna be linked. Yeah, unless maybe I, he never unless I get like a confirmed thing from. I don't. I don't believe it till I see the club post no, about I know. it. Um, I don't know. I think. I think Mauricio stays. He's got unfinished business with this team. They walked away without any silverware this year, but it was one of the most successful seasons in club history. Yeah, classic Spurs. <laughs> the most Spursy. Um, I mean, I think number one has to be Harry Kane should not play at all this summer. Like, he needs to just sit down, get the surgery. But he's been called up for the England no, Nations League. No, I know. It's the, like, he, Garrett Southgate's going to use four, him. He's had four ankle injuries in the last two years. Yeah. And he hasn't taken a surgery on any of them. There's a reason he keeps getting injured. Like, just just sit out one summer. You cannot win the Nations League. Like yeah, stick Rashi up top. <laughs> Give him a go. Exactly. Like, it's not like they don't have able replacements, too. I mean, I don't... Yeah, England, England can do it just fine. I don't know, though. He's going to... Imagine that though, Van Dyke versus Kane again in the semifinal of the Nations League. Like, yeah, that, I mean he'll a... eat his lunch again, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, what? When is the Nations League done though? When's the final? Because mid June, like it's pretty. Yeah, quick. like he's still got. It's the time sixth to, is the first game. It's like four days. I agree that game. he should. No, and then a month later, training camp starts. So like, well, if he sits out a little training camp, I don't think that's the worst. Miss the preseason friendlies. Don't play in yeah. Shanghai against Man United on July twenty fifth or whatever. Like, don't I... do those those trips. Rehab. In the Bahamas or something, I don't know, Florida. I, I agree. He should just like just transfer to MLS. He at that should point. chill, but I don't, just go I, kick some. Go go to the NFL. I don't kick know how some, serious he wants the, to. Man. No, I know. I don't know how serious the surgery will have to be, but if it's just kind of cleaning some things up, then I, I think missing Doctor Jack, Doctor Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me uh, let me uh, diagnose <laughs> this real quick. But I mean, if you never know, but oh, if just it, like the doctor diagnosed Carius. Last season after the Champions League, watching a game film to say he's concussed. I'm just Reggie Miller out here thinking everything's oh, torn Achilles. And, uh, <laughs> I also thought it was TNT. Achilles on that. I, I mean, thought it was yeah, too. Okay, Katie grabbed it. Like, Yeah, well, yeah. then he started. Then he kept walking. And it's like, okay. Yeah, the team could also just be lying to us. Like, they've lied about how bad the injury is in general. But this isn't a basketball podcast. This is not a basketball. You know, that's actually the title of this podcast. <laughs> not a basketball <laughs> podcast. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd be curious to know exactly what his fitness level was. Um, I mean, it, going into this game, if they rolled him out just too soon, it's so or, hard to tell. Cause yeah, like you're playing such a ankles are tricky too. Um, again, Doctor Jack, but um, no, they get re-injured like, very yeah, easily. But they're, uh, you know, they're pretty. They're a lot more day to day than um, some other injuries. So, so like four and two, right? Like four injuries and two. Yeah. So it's a it's a common, like reoccurring injury. Like, I yeah, I was I was I heard this on another podcast where like they were like, yeah, after his second ankle injury, he actually came back pretty well. So there's like precedent. Like the last two, he hasn't come back well from, but that second one, he did. So like just the fact that you have to go back two ankle injuries ago to see when he last came back to like full full on Harry Kane, like that's kind of scary. And it's not like people are going to be running to buy him now because once again, this is just a huge injury risk. Yeah, that was kind of like Van Persie toward the end of his career when United signed him. It was like, oh, are they going to get the full 38 Premier League games? Like, they're trying to take the trophy back. And they did. He was healthy. And then 
toward the tail end, he but started this, getting unhealthy. This be, so this should maybe be his you get peak, a, right? You're gonna exactly. That's the difference between him and and RVP. Like you're you're he's still young enough that he is he's got a lot of career left. He's 25. Yeah. Like it's no, not even young. it's not even like he's nearing the end of his peak. It's not like he's 28. Like are there soccer uh, like ankle braces? <laughs> yeah, I, I've worn one. It's well, probably I mean, not it's very like fun. A, it's not great. You kind of feel it's gotta restricted. be horrible, and it's gotta mess with your everything, your shot and passes and everything. So and you're that's running and cutting. Gen- just everything genuinely is. curious. I have no idea. I'm just like you tape it can up you nicely. I, I mean, yeah, but I don't know. Or you could just sit out. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Get a surgery. Uh, so then, what does this mean for Liverpool? This this title, so to move from Spurs to to Liverpool, more positive note. Uh, this wow. is 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 Klopp now not going to coach in Switzerland because he won something? I mean, he said it was a Premier League, but I guess he won hardware finally. So is he not coaching in Switzerland like he said when he when he joined? Are you done? You got I, I've got to take the shots. I know. I I mean, He's, I he blames everything. What was the, what was the excuse yesterday? Like. I don't know. I just I don't what like he, how much he makes excuses. And now he ha- he actually has a title. So like props to him. He's got the best out of this team. Champions of Europe. But can you say that is, one more time? Props <laughs> to him. Champions of Europe. Okay. Uh, oh, how good does I'm not, that I'm not, feel? I, I'm not a Liverpool fan, but yeah. I um, <laughs> um, I mean, I don't. So, I mean, I love Klopp. He can. I don't. He can have my soul now. Like I don't know. Um, he's got to win. He's got to win a Premier League though. Yes, I know, but I mean, if is, City is that... if, if City keeps sitting, like you're, you can't even. I mean, maybe you can as like someone who kind of wants to hate him just because he's from the rival. But like, I... oh no, props to this team. Like, I, like I'm saying, no, this I is, know this is one of the best teams, like ever. It's crazy that two no. of two of the best English sides ever are playing in the same yeah same era. Like this is just incredible. I mean, the last time I remember there being two teams that were just that competitive was like. United and Arsenal, maybe like in the mid two thousands, the Vieira Keen era. That's the last time I could think of. Well, yeah, but so going forward, the thing um, that you have to look at now is do something that Alex Ferguson used to do really well, and that like your front three aren't going to be this good forever. Like you got to start looking to like maximize their value and start bringing in other people as well. So like selling one of the three, as bad as it might be. You kind of have to not get sentimental with it, and maybe start. Which looking. one would you sell? Um, oh gosh, I don't know. They, I love them all in such such different ways. Um, but again, I mean, Firmino's nearing the end of his track the most, but I also think he's got the least val- value. Um, and he also, I also think he plays the most critical role to Liverpool. Um, so I guess he will stay in my theoretical world. I think Sadio Mane makes the most sense in terms of selling, just because. Um, he's not as much of a fulcrum as Salah. I think he just had his best season ever, so like his value is the highest. But I don't know if that's going to be this off season or not. But like you got to start looking into like making this a long thing, not just these next three or four years. Because this is this is interesting. There's it's not like there's one position or one player, one little kink that Liverpool need to go to the next level. They're at that level. It's just that City are there too. We because yeah. like for me, it's always oh they've missed the title. Like oh they if they just had a striker who had finished no there's, there's they not didn't a spot there I mean you if could they argue had a creative no if they had a center no if they had a goalkeeper no like this team is stacked so do you just run it back and hope that City isn't as you hope you beat City in the two games you play them and you hope they drop right, games but against... you know you need more than that you just hope that City 
drops a little more than they did, but or and, just you know like, gets kicked out of English football for corruption. But okay, that's probably hoping. not happening. It's just a dream. However, um, I I mean, it'll be also interesting to see like what a Liverpool team looks like after success because that's just not something that Liverpool yeah. has done in the last fifteen years. Well, and it's it's an interesting, you know, it, it, I I think they'll be one of the more interesting teams to watch next year because like you just said the success and it's like do you I mean the best part is that assuming something catastrophic doesn't happen you can nearly pencil them in for second because all four of the big six below them have much more massive yeah yeah, no I don't see the four of those teams jumping into the class that City and Liverpool are in I think again next year it'll be you know unless there's absolutely massive offseason moves uh, that we don't see coming which you know Chelsea might not even be able to do, and you know Tottenham seemed closer for a little while, but it seems like they got a massive gap, and we kind of talked about them. But and then Arsenal and Manchester United seem like they have a long way to go. But it's really good transition, great transition, bringing Europa up League. Arsenal and Man United, Europa League. Let's go into it. Go Reds! <laughs> <laughs> so Liverpool champions of Europe, Chelsea champions of Europa. champions of Europa. Yeah, Jack, how's it feel? You know, it was really it was. Going into it, I you know we were playing with house money. I just said we. We I were know. we all were confident that Chelsea would win. I was confident right? Chelsea yeah. would win, but I didn't know if you know Arsenal needed that to get into the Champions League. Chelsea did not. I didn't Does know. Change I didn't know. You know, Chelsea sometimes has been a seemingly unmotivated team uh, through much of the year. So I didn't know if that was going to come back uh, to bite them. But yeah, really. First 20, 25 minutes, if I, if I remember correctly, Arsenal kind of controlled the game and had more yeah. of the chances. They, and they I had was, to perform. They were playing in the home of football. Baku like, Azerbaijan. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, okay, Arsenal looks pretty lively. And then, um, you know, Olivier Giroud had a real good chance, and Peter Cech, Peter Cech my, my boy, uh, saved it. He's coming and, He's coming home. Yeah, yeah, he is. It was an inside job the whole game. Uh, but... I honestly then, joked about that when he was named yeah. in the starting lineup. Like, why? Yeah. Why not just play the better keeper, the younger <laughs> keeper, the keeper who's not going to the other club after this match? Like, why? I was okay with it. Um, going back to the other but club, then, really. But, but then, yeah, um, second half, or, or uh, Chelsea got on the Check's heart still kinda... bleeds blue. Chelsea blue. No, I know. I think. Goddamn right it, it does. changes. <laughs> and um, then, I mean, Chelsea pretty much went from there. And Iwobi had a phenomenal goal. That was... Oh, that was fantastic goal. And the commentator right before it had just gotten done saying, like, Yes. Yes. Oh, Obi, he's really good. He just cannot shoot. And then, like, his, like, first or second touch after that, he just rips one top right corner. Giroud, who was a Europa League god all year. Continued. Um, Yeah, exactly. It's funny how that works out, because that was Mkhitaryan during United's. That's true. He got on the board, and, and then, you know, Hazard gets two, and probably. That's a beautiful way to send off. His final game and ends ends the year with a trophy and it feels nice it feels real nice it was a it, it more feels nice to knock arsenal off and out of the champions league that's the sentiment that i've heard from like yeah. all the chelsea fans i've talked to um winning it is very it's fun it was more it was nicer to get a trophy for this year than i thought it would be um but ultimately i mean you you guys dominated the europa league so yeah. like you Kind of yeah. deserved it. I yeah. mean, other than other than the penalty shootout with Frank Frankfurt, Frankfurt, Frankfurt so. was a tough end, but that, at that point, that was the semifinal. So, 
You kind of expect Wait, it to be Frank- a little tougher. Oh, but. Frankfurt didn't make Champions League. No, they joined, they were like four, third or fourth like all year, and then they just like tanked yeah, at the very end. And Leverkusen just played out of their minds. Yeah, so. so. Darn. Poor Frank- and Luka Jovic is probably gone, so. Going to possibly join Eden. Yeah, well, interesting comment. He said he wants to play in the Premier League or Serie A. And, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw But, that. I you saw know, that. whether, I mean, Ray, yeah. if Real puts a bid for him, I have a hard time thinking he's going to be like, nah. But, um, but yeah, I think it was an interesting, uh, I mean, we talked about whether this was a successful year for Arsenal, whether it was a su- successful year for Chelsea. I definitely feel like it was a successful year for Chelsea uh, after all the, seem to be going downhill in January and February to turn around. But I I have also almost this weird feeling, though, that Arsenal will be – is almost in a better spot going forward. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, They don't have any <laughs> – I don't know. Uh, I think so. No, I guess I agree because the transfer ban thing is really weird. You're losing your best player. And losing your manager. Losing your manager, and another probably. manager switch, probably. Um, and it depends who comes in, but if they come Frank in. Lampard. I know. Super I, Frankie. I don't know how I feel about that because I. It's like appointing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer or something. I mean, the, the good thing for Chelsea. I mean, <laughs> Chelsea also, their two best young, promising players who are on the team this year both tore their Achilles. Yeah, so God. Don't even get me good. started. Um, so I think if they were healthy, I would actually take Chelsea over Arsenal in terms of where they're at because Arsenal just like they don't have money, like their yeah. their owner just doesn't want to spend, and they don't really, they haven't been very good on the transfer market. Like their only good two signings are Torreira and Guendouzi. Whereas like, even if Chelsea doesn't bring anyone in, I guess losing Hazard is just massive. But like they yeah, have all these other pieces, like other places. Tammy, Tammy, yeah. Um. No, uh, bringing back the lone army will be interesting um, since they have a transfer ban. I And I'm assuming... Not Miaz got to the, start. The transfer ban um, it's, stuff is so complicated. I, I don't want to say... I know, like, no, it's, th- They're going to try and appeal it, we think, but there's some rumors that they actually might not try and appeal it and just stick it out for a year and then cuz if they appeal it then they would still be able to make transfers until the appeal is shot down and then at that point now it's really have this late. window. Yeah. So you still get happens. this window if you don't appeal. But then it's like okay, then you lose out on the January window of this year but whatever January windows. Yeah, but then aren't... next year like But then yeah, but then next when year you when just... your new manager's one year in and he just can't do anything with the team other yeah. than what he has like it's know. really a sticky situation for Chelsea, yeah. which is why I agree with Jack that Arsenal's in a better position. They're just so old. Yeah, but they can make the moves now. They can still do it. But, like, they just don't make very good moves. Like, they thought bringing in Socrates and Lichtensteiner. Whether they they do capitalize on the opportunity. They have the opportunity. They, I, I think right. we've agreed that they have an opportunity. We know Arsenal doesn't make the best transfers. They don't bring the budget Where Chelsea has, at least in the near future, a little bit of a rougher path with... You know their world class player leaving, nobody to nobody on the come up to replace him. Then they might Pulisic. not even really, yeah, Pulisic. and they might not even have USA. anybody to, you know, but go by. Sorry, maybe in Turin, um, by the time this podcast comes out, so Probably, yeah. whoever they bring in is is gonna, you know, not. While there, yes, there is already talent on that roster. 
It's, they, it's really it really it, is a fascinating future it, it's, for it's this summer for all three teams in London really like the big three in London yeah yeah and you know only one has a, a European championship but um, <laughs> <laughs> but three uh, played in them yeah um, but I, I you're right Arsenal may butcher it like they like they do uh, but. It is a really after a successful year and after I think a quality year under Mauricio Sarri, where he had to completely change the philosophy of a team uh, from Conte and even you know Mourinho just before that. You know those are two very different uh, styles that Conte and Mourinho play compared to Sarri, so they had to kind of re. Can, can, can I can I just foreshadow how much of a disaster it's going to be between Ronaldo and Sari? Like, there's just no way that goes well. Yeah, I if Sari goes there, I'm gonna could, I, could I'm you, gonna watch a lot of Juventus because oh, yeah. I'm just gonna be like, let's see how this goes. Well, down. It's, it's a LeBron James situation. Yeah, yeah we're, like, we're looking at like Sari's style wants you to like play within a team. Like each each player has their little role, and Ronaldo's like, no, I want all of the shots. Like, well, it's funny because, like, if, if Ronaldo plays, like, obviously he's kind of moved to striker. He has, yes, completely. Where, like, I I almost feel like you could, I, I, if I'm sorry, maybe, like, hey, do you want to go back to winger and look what look at the season Eden Hazard had? Um, I, That's a really good comparison. You know, like. But, like, Ronaldo played that wing role successfully in a team style at United, in a team style for the most part, at Real Madrid. Yeah, but no, these last three or four years, though, he's been just a pure striker. Yeah, and and so yeah. then that, that he, shift. He, he, he doesn't want to do all that work of, no. like, he just wants other people to do the work for him to go and shoot. Is he, he is he fast enough still uh, on the wing, though, to get by fullbacks? So. I don't I think don't so. That's why so many people go into the middle, like David Beckham eventually did. I mean, Beckham the, was the never LeBron fast. comparison, I mean, outside gigs. of... Ronaldo LeBron is a really great comparison though because like in terms of like their work rates they used to be a lot higher and now they're just getting lower as they both are I think 34 or 35 so um and the other yeah. th- when does when does Ronaldo uh, I don't know how show, to st- when does Ronaldo show up on the bench with a glass of wine <laughs> like LeBron did this year that would be awesome I'd be so happy um, he's in Italy like hell yeah he's doing that yeah he as well actually no he doesn't drink alcohol well yeah. he will now I believe it's yeah no I mean his father I think was an alcoholic. Can so sorry can sorry chain smoke on the sides That's, in Italy. I tats. feel like that'd be allowed in Italy. Oh, he absolutely will. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, <clears throat> with all the flares in the crowd and all the all the cigarettes anyway. I don't I don't know how this turned into a Juventus podcast, but also like <laughs> Dybala is just a fascinating piece this summer, just in terms of whether he gets sold because he was really good until Ronaldo came in, and now he's not. So I don't know. Yeah. Do we want to talk MLS or do we want to keep talking about this? Um, wow, talking about MLS after this is just such a it's, steep, it's a steep, yeah, steep decline. I oh, is that the sound of people uh, exiting the app? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, they already did that. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean MLS. Okay, here you go. This is all you need to know. LAFC are best just in the league. so good. They're Carlos amazing. Carlos Vela is just especially his, especially his, when Jeff Atanella rolls the balls. Dir- or, uh, kicks oh my balls gosh. directly to him. Yeah. And he he goes, okay, <laughs> I'll just finish this myself. Doesn't his, lay it his, off to his little, Ramirez. Like, his uh, little heat map in terms of like action looks a lot like Messi's. Like, I'm just going to, like, 
It does. Oh yeah, he's the Messi of the Premier League, right? Or he's the Messi of the he of will MLS. Be. He, he will be. He will hey, be. Hey, hey, when you when you tweet this podcast, don't say that. Quote that. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's, that's your. He doesn't play in hook. the Barclays Premier League. Oh, it's not Barclays anymore. He doesn't play in the English Premier League. Uh, but LAFC is the number one team in MLS, number one in the Western Conference, and they're nine points ahead of the Galaxy, who are the second best team in MLS, and also the Western Conference. Like that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, Best thing is, Supporters Shield, no one values it. So they could still not be the, the champions of MLS I know, in that's, the end. Which is that's the difference between the Yeah, and American Bradley Bradley Wright Phillips has said, I think it was on the Men and Blazers podcast where he said that he values the supporter shield more than MLS Cup in a sense, because that's just what he grew up being. That is how you win a thing. Yeah, I mean So it, he's like, oh, I've I've won the I've won MLS twice. But it's a little cheap. Okay. That's not how this league it's works, not how we but, roll. In major um, league soccer. But yeah, DC United's I, looking good. Atlanta's making a climb back. I know. So that's all you need to know, I, folks. Like the first seven games of the year, I think I just kept texting Sean like Atlanta sucks. Atlanta sucks. And now they don't suck. What did I say? I don't remember what you, I said back. I, you, did you, I say, you, did you I were say like, hey, hold on. Hangover, off. wait. Like yeah. that's generally what I because I remember the Galaxy having similar situations after yeah, you're kinda 11, this 12, 14. Is, this is one of your uh this is one of your things you're really on, and you you kind of nailed it because yeah, I mean it's just such they, a short. They're going to turn have. around. I mean, even with Almiron making the move to Newcastle, which is brilliant, by the way. Newcastle, fascinating too. Fascinating. Um, but the reason Atlanta's been so good this year isn't their offense; it's their defense. They've only allowed they're, eleven. They're goals so organized in fifteen. They're so organized. Yeah, I know it's it's really good, and once their once their attackers really start getting going, like it's it's going to be a danger for other teams. I think. Because um, Zico Barco is away from the team right now. He's at the U twenty World Cup, I believe, and he he's balling out there. So he is a big piece. He was their big summer signing last year, and then uh, it was Gonzalo Martinez this summer, right? The big signing from yeah. And Brian Fernandez has been great for Portland. I think that's a huge signing they've had. Scored a bicycle kick against LAFC. If you haven't watched it, it's quite nice. But the big story, I think, that is isn't talked about too much by us is FC Cincinnati just having a really tough time adjusting to MLS. It's so hard. 10 losses. The only team with double digit losses right now, they are 11 points lowest in MLS right now. And it's a tough transition. It reminds me a little of Minnesota United. And so that's just, I think where we're, where we're at. Yep. Um, In MLS, I think that's a good point to end this podcast. Unless you guys have anything else you wanted to, Say before no. we end, I, I, I'm just really excited for the transfer window this year in both MLS and abroad. Just in terms of like what's going to happen, because there's a lot of teams who are good who need like reshaping up. Whether it's Barcelona, Bayern, um, is that Bayern going after Sané? That would be sick. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, Pep. Whenever he plays, he does really good things, but Pep just doesn't play him, and that makes me because he he's. He's the scariest player for me as a Liverpool fan on City, just because like he does something that no one else on that team does. But yeah, and uh, that just means they might not go after uh, Callum Hudson Odoi. So I would take it. So you're happy that he tore his Achilles just so that you can keep. You know, now that you say it, uh, the silver lining of him tearing <laughs> his Achilles um, might be the fact that you know Byron moved on to somebody else, but freaking. Turf and Ruben Loftus Cheek and friendlies. God, yeah. Why? Oh. It was for a good cause. It was a good cause. I know, but who'd they play? New, New England, England Revolution, Revolution. Oh. an anti-Semitism yeah. game. Both clubs 
uh, I guess Boston just in general. But um, <laughs> yeah, and just, now the mob is a little after me. A little reparations. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, yeah. So freaking turf monster, and all he did just plant, bam, gone. Yeah, not even playing that hard. But that'll do it. Uh, if you want to listen to more Emerald, Emerald podcasts, subscribe dailyemerald.com, Read stories, independent student journalism. Support it. Donate at dailyemerald.com. We're going to have a Women's World Cup podcast that we're going to record directly after this. It'll come out in the days following this one coming out. So be sure to listen to that as well. And uh, also watch the World Cup. There's the Gold Cup coming up as well for the men and the Copa America. And Austin is doing something interesting. U20. The U20 World Cup, which is currently on round of 16. Yeah, France plays the U.S. I want to say Italy beat Poland. Oh, Colombia and New Zealand into extra time. Oh boy, oh boy. I don't. USA plays France, right? Yeah, I don't know what day that is though. But that should be a France Uh, win. That'll be Tuesday, June fourth. Yeah, this this should be out by then. This will be out hopefully by then. So um, watch that. Just watch watch soccer uh, and listen to Emerald Podcast and support student journalism. Austin Craycraft, Jack Butler, I'm Sean Meadow. Thanks, Ryan Wynn. Uh, See ya.